Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Yes, it's Friday. We made it through another week, but we're not going to let you go to the weekend without giving you some more thought-provoking facts. An amazing show today. We've all seen what's happened to the energy economy in America. In less than one year, we went from complete energy independence and a net exporter of energy to the rest of the world to being energy dependent back on the reliance of OPEC and Russia and other bad actors that don't have the American interest at heart. They don't. That's why we strived and created the fracking revolution and the solar revolution and the wind revolution and all those things so we could become energy independent. And in less than one year on one president's watch, we have reversed a decade and a half of effort by America to become energy independent. We're going to do a deep dive on that with the former Secretary of the Interior Department under President Donald Trump. David Bernard is here today. We've had him on the show before. He's got a lot of wisdom, a lot of facts. He's got a vision for the future. We're going to talk to him about how did we blow this and how do we get it back? How do we resolve it? And has any of the things that Joe Biden did in the last few days, the raising of prices for drilling on federal lands, the release of petroleum from the strategic reserves, did any of that make a difference or did we just make it worse? We're going to ask the secretary about that in just a few minutes. And then a feel-good story, but also a dramatic story of science, maybe, maybe being wrong, certainly science depriving someone of a treatment that when once given through a court order, ended up saving a man's life. Joining us is a lawyer from Illinois, Kristen Erickson, to tell the extraordinary story of her client, an unvaccinated man who was deeply sick with COVID. In fact, doctors said there was no further help for him. He was going to die. His family would not accept that, went to court, got an order forcing the doctors to give him the long-time drug, ivermectin, something that's used for anti-inflammatory and other diseases. And guess what? He recovered. Against all odds, he recovered. We're starting to see stories like this with ivermectin all around the country. Attorney Kristen Erickson is going to describe the fight, the doctors, the science, and the miraculous recovery of her client. What an amazing story. You're going to feel good about it, but you're also going to be concerned that maybe big science, big government Big media has tried to stop Americans from trying ivermectin when, in fact, there's some empirical evidence now in stories, now in some studies, that ivermectin is having an impact. And you know what? 
the NIH, they just remain silent. We're going to talk about all of that with Kristen in a little bit. Two great guests heading into the weekend. We'll be thinking a lot. I'll give you lots of facts so you can make up your own mind and have great conversations with your friends and family over the weekend as we get into the busy holiday season. I'm sure you'll be out shopping and doing other things. Well, we've got your back. We've got you covered all along. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, David Bernhardt, the former Interior Secretary of the United States, followed by Kristen Erickson, a lawyer from Illinois with an extraordinary story of a gentleman who recovered from COVID, but only after his family went to court and sued to force, to compel doctors to use the drug ivermectin to help their dying relative. A remarkable story. Two big ones before the end of the week. Let's, let's get right to it right after this commercial break. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, a man who managed the entire vast resources of the U.S. government, public lands, public resources, the 53rd Secretary of the Department of Interior, and now the Chairman of the Center for American Freedom at America First Policy Institute, David Bernhardt. Secretary Bernhardt, great to have you here. Well, thanks for having me, John. I'm really happy to be here. I needed you to come on because last week I was so confused. I couldn't figure out what the Biden administration was doing. There's this moment where I thought they think I thought they were trying to help lower gas prices because they said they're going to drop a little petroleum out of the petroleum reserve. Now, a lot of people said that's not going to make a difference. But then within a couple of days, they noticed 
efforts to begin raising the cost of drilling on public lands, which, by the way, I assume is going to get passed on to the consumer. Did I misread what happened last week? No, um, actually, you didn't misread it. And it's it's a completely amazing phenomenon to watch because I don't think this administration has, number one, an energy policy to begin with, but their plan is deliberately designed, I think, to placate no one. Um, the, um, the move of releasing uh, supplies from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was in itself really unprecedented because that reserve is designed for um, major um, disruptive threats, um, uh, wars, hurricanes, you know, the invasion of Iraq, things that really could put a threat to the American um, energy supply situation, not generally priced. So that was unprecedented. Um, so they take that unprecedented action and look like they're doing something a few days before Thanksgiving with a lot of fanfare, mind you. Wow. And then the day after Thanksgiving, they released this report. And this report, as you mentioned, is, is basically a roadmap, um, a, a roadmap with not hardly any detail, but a roadmap that says we want to raise uh, the cost of, of domestic energy production on federal lands. We want that to be more expensive. And the reason they, they, their policy, the only way you can really make sense of it is that they have a belief that the best thing that could happen is that American energy costs are high, but they recognize that they have a problem when the consumers see that. And the consumers see that in their back pocket. And you know this. I mean, today, I think the average price of gasoline is about three thirty-nine a gallon. If you were to go back to 2019, which I think is a fair comparison because that's right. a normal uh, yeah, pre-pandemic, it'd be two thirty-nine. So that's a dollar a gallon difference, and that dollar a gallon comes right out of a person's grocery bills or um, a choice between gasoline and maybe um, you know maybe a, a daycare cost, and that's really where it uh, the rubber meets the road in this situation. And what they've done, their policy is essentially saying to the world, we don't want American energy production but we want worldwide production. And that doesn't satisfy the climate folks, you know, who, who have a vision that there should not be any fossil fuels at all. So they're all over the map. And this is how bad they've gotten, okay? The chairman of the Senate Energy Committee, a Democrat, <laughs> yes, he is. has come out and basically said, look, um, you don't have a all of the above policy. As a matter of fact, I don't think you have a policy that is supporting economic security or national security. And that's not coming from David Bernhardt, sec former Secretary of the Interior in the Trump that's administration. That's coming from Joe Manchin, right? That's coming from the chairman <laughs> of the Energy Committee. That's in your party. And he's saying, look, if you look at this, this is all self-inflicted. The Keystone Pipeline decision, the decision to pause leasing, each of these things were intentionally designed to raise prices. Now we have between last October and this October, a 38% um, increase in, in, in energy costs um, for the year, month over month. And I have talked to some renowned economists that have said to me that they expect that in December, inflation overall could very well be at 10% a year over year in December. Now that, that is phenomenal. 
and horrible for the American people. And this is driven by a vision that energy should be more expensive. And that can't be the case. At the end of the day, President Trump um, really leaned into energy independence. And by doing that, he realized some things that were really significant. First off, it completely changes. American energy independence completely changes our national security paradigm because we're not um, having to um, take risks um, because of our dependence on foreign sources of uh, of energy in the same way that his predecessors did. It really enabled him. The economic power of of being energy independent allowed him to make some very creative deals on the national security side because he could leverage the economic power of LNG exports. And not only that, for the American worker and from the places that I'm from, like in the Western Colorado region, energy development and responsible energy development, it's, it's the cleanest in the world, by the way, and uh, when we do it here. But on top of that, it creates an, a tremendous economic advantage to, to rural communities, uh, to poor communities. Um, you know, not every community is um, this wonderful island of Nantucket where the president submit, provided, uh, you know, got to spend his, um, his Thanksgiving in a $30 million enclave. Well, we don't have that, a lot of those in western Colorado. What we have is a lot of working people who really benefit from the de- responsible development of our natural resources, and that needs to keep going. Yeah, it's such an amazing moment in our history because just a year ago, you go back to a year ago, right after the election, before Donald Trump handed the keys over to Joe Biden, the White House, we were energy independent. We were a net exporter of energy. And in less than a year, we've become an importer again. We're reliant on OPEC, OPEC plus Russia. Uh, In the call with China, the president or the virtual summit with China, the president had asked for China to kind of kick in and help out the energy crisis. We didn't need China's help or Russia's help just a year ago. um, Will the American people exact a toll? Will they in 2022, 2024 say, you know what, this was not the policy we voted for. It's more expensive, less secure. There's going to be a consequence of the uh, ballot box. Do you think that will happen? Well, I don't need, you know, we don't know for sure what's going to happen. But what we do know is that they're worried about it because that's the reason they are making a lot of fanfare about the SPR. They want to maintain their policies, but they want to create some window dressing to look like they're doing something about it. And and so they're concerned. Now, I will tell you this. I mean, my own opinion is, uh, of the American people are the American people have more common sense than anyone. And cumulatively... Yeah. They're going to they're going to see this and they're going to know what it is. This is an effort. This is an effort to harm them so that folks can feel better about saying they're doing stuff on energy while they let the rest of the world uh, go free as, and, and fast and actually encourage them to produce. And they can produce that energy here and they can produce it more cleanly. And the American people will realize that. And I believe they will react. And I think they know that. And that's why we're seeing these shell games. Yeah, it's such such an amazing moment. And I, I want to ask this because, you know, you oversaw the public lands, you oversaw leasing right. as Interior Secretary. Is there any doubt in your mind that when prices go up uh, for leases uh, and where we get a, a large majority of our energy in America on public lands, that if you increase the price to the driller, that the driller is going to pass that on to the customer intimately, right? 
There's um, absolutely no question about that. Um, and moreover, um, you know, if, if they can't do that, what they'll do is simply look for other um, alternatives. But, but there is no question that um, that is going right into um, the cost to the consumer. It's just simply not um, realistic to think that um, we, you know, a cost goes up and it doesn't get transmitted. That doesn't happen in the real world. Yeah, no, it's, and we know that from our own budget. Listen, if something, of course. if it goes up in our budget, something else has to go out of our budget because we have to live by balanced budgets as everyday Americans. Really, really remarkable. Um, there have been two interesting approaches in the last week of uh political figures trying to lessen the cost of American power. I want you to handicap them. One is the Joe Biden. Let's release a little bit of money, a little bit of oil from the petroleum reserve. I think he only released like two and a half days of total consumption of oil. So very small amount compared to our overall consumption. Then there's people like Governor uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida who are proposing, hey, let's reduce the gasoline tax because that's a sure thing. That definitely goes back into the wallet of the um, uh, American consumer. When you look at both approaches, which one do you think is having a more may have a more lasting impact on uh, the everyday consumer? Well, look, a reduction in the the cost through a tax is is a incredible boon to the consumer. And and the reality is that um, you know the Joe Biden approach. I mean, let's be honest about it. Um, the Biden approach resulted in a, um, you know, a, a discussion from Russia and OPEC that said, well, we'll just close, slow down yeah. our ramping up of supply. So it's, you know, it, it's, it, it's silly. And, um, you know, there, there may be, truthfully, they may get a little blip um, down because of the, the reaction of America to this uh, concern of a new variant. You know, demand may fall a little bit. Yep. But, but if it doesn't, going into the holidays, these numbers were going to keep going up. And, and so they felt like they had to do something to take the attention off of it. And this is what they chose to do. But the reality is, look... Um, if, if we want to incentivize economic activity, we know that the reduction in taxes is, is a good thing. And we've seen it. All you got to do is go back and look at the uh, Trump economy. And, and what you'll see is uh, fewer regulations, uh, less taxes, a booming, roaring economy. And I think a lot of that is still reflected in the uh, strength of the economy today, to be honest with you, as, as this administration takes um, crazier and crazier steps and it becomes more and more regulatory, you're going to see a reaction to that. It's such an, uh, a moment we have to be watching for all these things. I mean, yeah, people don't realize, and you hit it on the head, but the second Joe Biden announced the release from the petroleum reserves, OPEC immediately started to just counter. It was like it was going to have zero effect. And and uh, most people get, oh, well, Joe Biden tried to do something. Actually, he didn't do anything. It's going to be a net zero right. to the to the consumer. Pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, throughout my career, I've covered environmental issues and always been fascinated because a lot of times really well-intentioned laws get contorted over time by special interest and by litigant interests. And one of those laws that I think falls in that category, which, by the way, was originally signed by President Nixon back in 1970, is uh, NEPA, the National Environmental Protection Act. And 
what started as a good intention thing to you know make cleaner air, cleaner water, somehow got hijacked by interest and it became this litigant thing, which is everybody sees underneath and the goal is, well, let's just get a settlement. We'll get some cash out of it. The Trump administration made some really remarkable, on your watch, made some really remarkable reforms. Now Joe Biden wants to reform, uh, roll those back. Talk a little bit about that and the fact that you uh, last week intervened in that case uh, uh, against those uh, changes to the rules. Well, John, thanks uh, for that wonderful question, because like you, I actually believe that the purpose, the fundamental purpose of the National Environmental Policy Act was fantastic. It was intended to ensure that policymakers, decision makers of federal projects looked at alternatives and thought about their um, environmental consequences of those alternatives, and also to ensure that there was a public participation factor where people could have an opportunity to weigh in on their views associated with the socio and environmental uh, impacts, which I thought, I've always thought was an incredible goal and and very reflective of um, sound uh, environmental policy. And you're right, uh, over time, over time, that statute um, was hijacked. And a lot of the hijacking, Dean, frankly, is, was arguments about what the regulations said, what they didn't say. And um, President Trump, he, he's, you know, he, he was so incredible because what he cared about at the end of the day is like, I want to have processes, but I want the process to be relatively predictable. And um, it should be fair. And if it's a bad project, we ought to get rid of the bad project quickly. If it's a good project, it ought to move through the process relatively quickly, too. And uh, at the Department in the Interior, we really took that from day one and worked on reforms. And a lot of the reforms that the president ultimately put in his final regulation package were ideas that started at the Department in the Interior. And, and fundamentally, Fundamentally, the president had a a goal of let's move these processes responsibly um, and try and do that within one or two years. And, uh, you know, up to that point, there were some projects that had languished 17 years. I had I had draft environmental impact statements that the draft had cost tens of millions of dollars to do. And that's just that's gumming up the works. And that's not that's great for consultants, great for environmental consultants, not great for projects and not great for the American people. And so what the president did um, is allowed us to come up with a uh, responsible program that really fundamentally um, ensured that that public opportunities were presented, that alternatives were considered, that the alternatives were reasonable, and that we got the process done and bad projects would get um, viewed in one way and good projects would move forward. And that system made sense. Now, what they've done is decided to come back and basically just plug in the, the definitions that caused all the conflict. That's their first effort. They'll go through a bigger effort on undoing this, but they're starting with, let's just put all these conflict-oriented terms right back into the regulations and use them. And what it's going to do, in my opinion, you know, they want to do build back better. It's going to be don't build. Let's be honest. It's going to be don't build. Because um, this is going to be a very significant change back uh, to a place that has no endpoint. And and here's when we talk about endpoints, what what do we mean? You know, these documents, um, when they get to be 25, 30,000 pages thick, 
no one on earth reads them. It would surprise you, right? But no one reads them. And um, if you have a document that's a few hundred pages, you know what happens? The actual decision maker reads it, which I've always thought is, is fundamental to the purpose of the act itself. And in Interior, we did that. We took, we took EISs, environmental impact statements. We moved them down to a smaller number of pages. Uh, generally. Uh, if it was complex, I gave waivers to expand them. But we went from an average of taking four years on an environmental impact statement for BLM down to 1.3 years. Wow. And, we made, and we made the documents more readable. And you know what that did? Um, that meant that more people actually read them. And, um, and it was actually a great, it was a great way to ensure that the fundamental purposes of the act um, were being honored. And a timeline, you know, you're, you're, you're a journalist by training. How many articles does a journalist write a week if they have no deadline? Yeah, not many. Right? Fewer, fewer, <laughs> yeah. I would think, than if they have a deadline. That's true, and, yeah. And, and, and that's the same way with these projects. At the end of the day, um, a, a deadline is a way to move something through and say, look, we have a goal. We want it to take a year or two years or three years. The goal can be very, the president decided he wanted two years, you know, two years to think about something before you decide whether it's a uh, good or bad a go or not go. That seems pretty reasonable. And I think that'd be reasonable to most people. Um, you know, I, I probably prefer a shorter period of time. Honestly, I think we can get most, most of the things done uh, under, under a year, but, but a two year goal is what the president had in mind. That's what we put in the, in the regulation. And they want to get rid of that. You know, I had one little um, proposal that I thought was great, which was put the cost of the environmental document on the cover. So, um, you know, you can go in and see, okay, this costs $17 million. Right. Well, that has an effect. It may not be a perfect document, but if you spent $17 million on it, you'd think you probably did some real work. One of the first things this administration did is they wanted to get rid of that number because they really, you know, at the end of the day, this is, this is, about, um, this is about trying to use some of these statutes in a way that slows things down. And that's not the way our system should work. Our system should give every project uh, a fair opportunity, look at the um, alternatives, hear from the media, I mean, from the people and um, in various media, and then make a decision, make a decision. And it's either go or not go. And we shouldn't be afraid to say no to bad projects. Say no. Yep. Uh, say, you know, because it saves the it saves the American people. It saves the project proponent years of time. There's nothing worse than having a project in process for 17 years. You have different views about it. You have things change. The costs completely uh, change. There's no reason to do that. And we do have a lot of rebuilding to do in this country. So frankly, um, for their own policy, you would think they'd want to leave it in a build back mode. But they, yeah. I, I think they're in the don't build mode. It, it seems exactly to be that the mode. And, and when you look at this, you knew all the forces. When you're the secretary, you know who's on what side of each part of this. Who are the benefactors, the beneficiaries of this reversion of this common sense? Well, I mean, really what, what the Trump administration tried to do is create something common sense, which is why fight for 10 years when we can decide this in a, in a much shorter time? Who is yeah. Who are the people that benefit? Is it the trial lawyers? Well, is it know, the environmentalists? Who is it? Yeah, at the end of the day, um, you know, at the end of the day, varied interests on varied projects all the time. But there is a consistent theme. There is a group of uh, of, of non-governmental 
uh, entities that feel really strongly that there be very little development. Uh, and, 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 and when you start looking at things, they're almost objecting to every single uh, project. And they are, they are well-funded. Um, you know, these, they're generally green organizations. They're incredibly well-funded by, um, you know, billionaire donors. And their view is to simply stop as much activity as possible. And they won't say that publicly, but if you go back and look at every project, it's very hard to find development projects that they support. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Well, that's the, that's the part that we, for the American people, you know, we're busy and so we don't realize how the game of is course. played, but some people just simply want to clog up the thing because they don't want any more development. They're well, into there's development. nothing better. There's nothing better than having a process that has no endpoint, has no yeah. limitations, and ultimately has confusing regulations so you can get into court. And that's really where these guys are headed. They're just headed right back on that train. And, and um, you know, one thing about President Trump, uh, whatever you think about him, he was a believer in a result. He wanted outcomes for the American people. Process, he wanted processes to be fair, but at the end of the day, give me a result. Get the road or tell him you can't have the road. Um, you know, get the, get the airport or you can't have the airport. Don't, don't have this process that just goes on and on and on that does no one except consultants and, and um, these groups good. Yeah, such an important uh, lesson. And it's so common sense. I mean, everyone in middle America says that makes sense. Right? It's common sense. And we don't have to fight forever. But some some people like the fight. It's really remarkable. Well, Mr. Secretary, this is why we have you on. You help make sense of these really important issues. And a lot of times they sound like gobbledygook either to, uh, to everyday people. And then when you sit down, you realize, ah, that's what's going on. That's why we're doing it. And we're so grateful for what you do and what the America First Policy Institute does. It helps people understand understand the, the real thing that's going on in government. We're really grateful for that. Well, thanks a lot. And thanks for having me on. All right. We'll have you back soon because I don't think energy is going anywhere uh, <laughs> uh, fast. We have a lot of big policy issues ahead of us. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got more remarkable guests just ahead. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day. And I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick 
House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, as we discussed earlier in the show, an amazing story in Illinois. A man on deathbed with COVID, his family fights to get him. Ivermectin, he recovers. The lawyer who made all that happen is joining us right now, Kristen Erickson. How are you, Kristen? Great to have you on. I'm well. Thanks for having me on today. It's an amazing story. Your client, Sun Ng, he, he's near death. The doctors won't administer something that you know, as a long shot and... You go to court, you win, and he recovers. How did that happen? Oh, it was a stressful but um, <laughs> an amazing story. So we work with two attorneys in New York who have developed a specialty in this area of ivermectin administration, and they developed a specialty earlier this year in January. So they contact us about cases in Illinois, and we're local counsel to them. And so it just happened all you know quickly. We filed a lawsuit on August, or, sorry, October 28th. And we asked for the first hearing possible. Um, And so we were before the judge um, Monday morning, and we were before him all week long, given the litigation. But, you know, we we request injunctive relief, so we're not suing the hospital for any money. We're just saying, please do this or don't do this, right? Um, In this case, please stand back and let our doctor go in and give ivermectin. And the the judge originally granted that our temporary restraining order, and then he vacated it the next day. And then he was confused. Wait, is he about to die or not? And then he asked for the judge, um, asked for an evidentiary hearing, which took place on the 4th and the 5th. And after hearing from both sides, physicians, the plaintiff, he said the you know, the evidence is overwhelming. This man is about to die. And what are the downsides? Dizziness? Right. The side effects are so minor. What it, What is this? So, um, it even took a couple of days after that for the for the hospital to really abide um, by the order. But after after just a couple of days, he was off the vent, and it's just miraculous. And the doctors testified. Listen, there's no reason to do this. He's dying, right? They had given up on him, right? I mean, well, I wouldn't say that. They, they filed four affidavits. The hospital filed four affidavits saying that he was getting better. Oh, you know, okay. I don't know how you can be getting better when you're 22 days on a vent um, and still not coming off. But that was what they they had attested to. Um, and that was what confused the judge because he thought, wait a minute, I just heard that he's about to die. Right. And, and the thing is, you're at a disadvantage for the patient 
um, because A, you're vented, but your right. power of attorney doesn't have medical records. They don't have all of the information that doctors have and the hospital has. So you're kind of left to, well, let me show you a picture of what he looks like. Well, right. let me show you what, and let me tell you what the doctor said. And it's, it's, um, it's just difficult being the power of attorney. So it was a really, it was an uphill battle, but you know, we're, we're, we're believers here. And so we, we also believe God was working on our side. So clearly, yeah. Oh, it's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. And the love and the the courage of the family to not stop fighting is one of the great right. lessons from this case that no one will forget. He wakes up, he's feeling better. What does he say when he's finally able to talk again? You know what? We ha- we haven't spoken and we don't know exactly because it took, once he woke up, his daughter, Dr. Man Kwan Ng, was there all the time basically watching over him, making sure the hospital wasn't going to hurt him or, you right. know, just to be there. Right. And she said it took a couple of days because they were they were trying to get him off um you know, some of the other medications, and it took a while for him to really get back to it. So um, it's just wonderful. You know, I think the expression on his face from home and that he's walking again and that he's able to, you know, he's lucid. That's that's also Mm. a miracle, too. What a um, gift. Yeah, it really, really is. It really is. Our client has been, I think, a bit protective, but also he doesn't speak English, I don't think. so. So it's just a matter of um, he didn't know what was going on either. So so I think there's kind of like those privacy. You just want to honor that he is doing well and it's a miracle, but um, he wasn't coherent for any of it. Now, my profession has made ivermectin out to be a horse pill, which there is a version for horses, but we've never Mm -hmm. been talking about using that for humans. It's been around forever, but there's been this demagoguery on ivermectin, uh, almost a uh, media mob version of demagoguery. But in the case and in the research you guys did, you've shown that there are some studies out there from respected institutions peer-reviewed that actually show that ivermectin may play a role. And it's actually an open question for the medical society. It's not a closed book. This is uh, witchcraft medicine. Just the opposite. There is some pointers. Talk a little bit about having to run into a media story that doesn't match the medical evidence. Well, I think the medical evidence is there. Um, there are 66 peer-reviewed studies, but, you know, interestingly, none of them are American yeah. studies, right? And what does that mean? But um, Well, the Americans weren't interested in looking at it, I guess. I guess that's what it means. It's crazy. Well, yeah, yeah. for whatever reason. Right. So, but, no, but it's, been, it's shown to be very effective in, in all over the world. Right. And, for example, you read the research about India. Sure. Um, and Bangladesh, they're giving it, you know, people have it at home, and it's a prophylactic. There's a... I think the fact that it is so cheap, you know, and not money making could be the reason yeah. that we don't we, we don't want to back it. We don't want the studies here in the United States, unfortunately. Yeah, because it's not going to create a new expensive drug. Yeah, it'll 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 yeah. prevent a new expensive drug from being created, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So meanwhile, our phones running, ringing off the hook. Our New York co-counsel they're just getting swamped with cases. Wow. It really is unsustainable. I mean, how many? How many months can it go on where judges are hearing emergency motions again and again? It's yeah. because what happened in the in case is extraordinary. The judge said this is an extraordinary remedy. That um, doesn't happen very much, and we don't. It's not like it's not like this is what anybody wants. We don't want to sue hospitals right. for this, right? So yeah, it's, no, they're busy enough, but. In this case, yeah. it, it was a life and death matter, and, and eventually it was only. Do you have any doubt? Does the family have any doubt that ivermectin's intervention in the case was the, the thing that turned him around? No doubts at all. No, I mean he. After one day, he was able to do a breathing test he couldn't do for 
22 days. Wow. Um, after three days, he was off the vent for two hours. And then by the fifth day, he was off it entirely. Mm. So the hospital tried to file a, you know, a physician report after he was off the vent saying that um, ivermectin is not the reason he's better, but clearly it is. Uh, he wasn't improving. And you can, you know, talk about all the numbers you want to up and down. I don't have all that information and I wouldn't give it anyways. Right. But, yeah, it's HIPAA protected, but the, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is, he got better right away, and it yeah. off the vent, and that's what that we wanted. So, and that's what the studies, particularly in India, show that within 24, yeah. 48 hours, there is a noticeable change in the patient's yeah. key vitals, and mm-hmm. um, and yet in this country we continue to uh, dehumanize and, and 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 mock people who, who right. want to use this as a as a solution. Um, right. We have been through the pandemic now for two years. We spent billions of dollars all the way through the 20, beginning of the 21st century preparing for a pandemic, and it doesn't look like we were prepared right. As you look back at big medicine, big health, big government, the, the things that um, have been trying to create this cookie-cutter solution to the pandemic, what what does this case say as a lesson learned in that that bigger story about COVID and pandemic treatment? Well, I would, from my own personal opinion, I think that there are obviously remedies that we're not looking at, and we need to think outside of the current standard of care quote that you know hospitals are giving. And if it's not working, let's let's look at outcomes and not finances. Um, I don't I don't know what people's motivations are. Certainly, ours here is to help people get what they need. Um, I know there's a lot of good-hearted people out there that want the same, even in the hospital setting, right? People and physicians. And nurses, they want to do the right thing, but if hospitals aren't allowing it, um, that creates a barrier for people who are hospitalized. So, yeah, yep. you know, I don't know. I Often hope that it, I hope that it ships. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. hardest part about it. Um, as we step out now, and and people are going to look back at this and and say, one of the key things here, this wasn't an effort at self medication. There was a family doctor involved in this and mm-hmm. monitoring as well. So, is that right. one of the key lessons here? If, if you're a person maybe that find yourself in the tough situation, Mr. Ng was, do mm-hmm. uh, do you get your doctor engaged in a way and say, have your doctor become your advocate for the treatment you prefer? It could be, yeah, if they'll prescribe it. Um, right. If if they won't, there's a list of physicians on the front frontline critical care. It's if you Google FLCCC, that page will come up, and and there's doctors who will prescribe ivermectin. Uh, I haven't contacted them, but that's my understanding. And hmm. I would just talk to one of them and see if they would be an advocate and step in if if someone's yeah. physician wouldn't. It's a tough spot. I mean, I really do hope it turns around quickly because this is very uh, just un- unsustainable for our court system and it is and, and for everyday humans we're tired of this pandemic <laughs> yes please give us something that works absolutely give us something that works but we're happy here at malcolm baker uh with the result yeah. and, uh, and we're really happy for mon kwan and her dad and the family so it's an amazing story that puts a smile on our faces as we head into the weekend and and yep. for you and your great work as a lawyer as an advocate Thank you. Uh, I know your country's grateful for what you did. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, John. Thank you, Kristen. Have a good rest of the day. All right. You too. Take care. Thank you. All right, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Think about what you just heard. We're going to come back and wrap things up in just a few minutes. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, folks, it is time to glide into that weekend. Thank you so much for paying attention to Just the News and checking us off and reading us off and sharing those stories on social media and for listening, of course, to this podcast, John Solomon Reports. We're so grateful for your support. There are so many ways that you can support us. People ask us all the time, John, how can we help support your reporting, the great team that you do? And one of the answers that I gave, it's a simple answer, but it really does make a big difference. We have some amazing sponsors on the show. You know them. Omaha Steaks, use the code JUSTNEWS. Annie's Kit Club, you know the code, use the code JUSTNEWS. Wild Alaskan, you know exactly what they're doing. You can just go to wildalaskan.com slash JUSTNEWS and you get an incredible discount on packages. I support all of these. They are great partners in the in the space of podcasting and supporting journalism, but they're also amazing partners for the products that they bring. They have the best in class products. Omaha steaks, you're not gonna get a better steak. That bacon wrapped filet mignon, oh my God, my family and I had it last week and we're still talking about it this weekend. We're flipping the cuisine around, we're going all seafood. And of course, Wild Alaskan has some of the greatest seafood. We've got a big, big feast planned for Saturday evening. And guess what? We had some extra fish from the incredible shipment we just got. We gave some to our great neighbors as well. They're, they're going to be cooking along with us. You're going to have the smell of great Alaskan salmon and sockeye salmon and prawns and other things all cooked up this weekend. You should do that. Spoil yourself. Give it as a gift, whatever you like. Always use in all of those cases the code word JUSTNEWS on wildalaskan.com slash JUSTNEWS. Put in the code word JUSTNEWS, one word, when you're on Omaha Steaks or when you're on Annie's Kit Clubs, and you will get a remarkable discount. There are many more we're going to mention next week, but thank you to you all for all that you do to support us. We're very grateful for it. We'll be back on Monday with a whole new edition of John Solomon Reports from of course, the podcast from Just the News, and you can check us out all weekend long on Just the News. We'll have you covered. All right, folks, have a good one. Have a great weekend. Praying for you and wishing you the best that God may bless you, your family, your friends, and this great country that is the United States of America. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.